Hello, hello, and welcome to the Beehive Jive. This is episode eight. Episode eight, I still can't go over that. Um, so much for pod fade. No, it's episode 10, apparently. Oh, is it? Oh, God, I spoke too soon. But we screwed up the introduction, but I'm going to soldier on. Because yeah. I think I need to. Uh, this is a beekeeping podcast from South London, Paul and Tracy. We're beekeeping friends, and we just basically chat about our adventures and misadventures in beekeeping. <laughs> so this episode really is sadly the last episode of our season in terms of active beekeeping. I can't believe it. Because they're almost ready for bed. Oh, this is, we, just feels so, it's gone so quickly. It has actually. It's I, just, I, it just goes by in a flash and then you spend six months. Moping. Looking forward to it <laughs> and allegedly cleaning your equipment and getting ready, but which I never do. But yeah, it's just gone so quickly this year. It has, I can't uh, but interestingly, if if you want to carry on listening to people who actually are still beekeeping, uh, the Kiwi Man and Buzz guys, their season's just started, so you can listen to them. Does their season ever stop? I don't think so. Well, I'm sure they have winter in Lucky. New Zealand. Oh, actually, yeah, of course, it depends, yeah. depends where they It's are. not that far from you, where you come from, is it? It's just got no snakes, well, poisonous spiders, or basically anything that kills you. Because where I where I'm from, it's basically like a ten month season harvest. Yeah, harvest. Yeah. Wow. They're extracting for ten months. They must have armed like Popeye's constant flowering show. eucalyptus. It's amazing. I will have that. You could actually make a living. Well, don't worry. As I mean, beekeeper. we've had six of the warmest years in the last fifty years. The last six years, so. Uh, it keeps going like that. We'll have eucalyptus. <laughs> well, that, but that's like a day here and there. <laughs> Actually, we do have... Anyway, anyway, I digress. I anyway, so th- this episode, really, we talk about going into mm. winter because we're currently winterizing our hives. Um, but a quick mention of the last episode, because the last episode got a lot of feedback about um, Tracy's... How can I put it? Unique method of queen culling. Um yeah. I think I think the opinion was divided with it, whether it was sweet, you know, it was a sweet thing to do, or that it was some sort of cultish behaviour that you had some sort of <gasps> dead queen cult that you were putting bees <laughs> under flowers. You see, I learned a really valuable lesson in that those <laughs> those kind of um, strange, no, not strange, those kind of precious private moments you have with your bees, communing what, ki- with what, nature. <laughs> you shouldn't share them, what, them? on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like respecting their spirit and all of that. No, no, yes. It's, well, it's what I do and I stand by it. You told me there was an update. Well, so I went up to my apiary today <laughs> with the intention of culling two queens. All right. And there's no flowers, so they escaped. <laughs> and it was really funny because... I saw you coming. One of them is actually the daughter of the queen that we grafted all right the big don't usually use terms like daughter but yeah she's first generation offspring of that queen um and i thought she was a bit rubbish so i went up there today yeah ready to do the deed and um and she's massively upped her game has she yeah has she got an iphone really i don't know what she's done <laughs> really good pattern lots of breeds so i thought okay they're viable. That this she's in a nuke they can make it through winter they're, they're listening to the show and then just so funny i thought okay well i'll be able to just you know at least bump one off it's not that i i like doing it but it's not the reason i keep bees you went out with the objective you were gonna kill a queen i just sometimes i feel like i'm a good beekeeper if i can you know unite colonies improve my stock 
and be able to color queen anyway. So, um, yeah, one of the others, definitely, she definitely had it coming away. I got there. The bees have done it for me. They bumped her off. Yeah. They superseded. Well, she's gone. Bumped her off. She's gone. No sign. Lots of queens this year disappear. Mm. I think... I think that's true. I've had a few people saying that, but um, yeah. So um, and there is ivy, by the way. Really, ivy flowers. So I could have, you know, laid them under the ivy on a mossy bed. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving me a weird look, right? I just see it. Yeah, but that 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 actually was probably the most feedback we ever had one little segment um ever i loved it i might turn it into a ringtone it was great maybe laugh what did you write a song about it <laughs> no it done to the tune of madness is uh, our house the greatest song ever written um okay get off my weird musical taste okay, um, i'll have to talk about that one later i totally disagree but anyway what do you mean I won't go into it now. Okay. Greatest song ever written. Oh, actually, before we get into uh, beekeeping, we should talk about the massive change in your life. There has been a massive change. Right. So, so I know you've been you've been thinking about this for for years. Uh, you've been trying to get one for ages, but you were kind of worried about the late nights, early morning, or the wee yeah. and the poo. We, change of lifestyle. Yeah, having a having a hide all your delicate, fragile belongings. Yeah. So, how is your puppy? <laughs> She is um, <laughs> the new addition to our family. The new addition to your family. A new life has come into our home. And Take it over. And all she wants to do is destroy everything. Um, I would say the two most common words spoken in our house at the moment are no biting. Um, so, yeah, no, she's she's an absolute nightmare and she's absolutely gorgeous. She's retreating, and the isn't bees, she? She is, yeah, and the bees bought her for me. Well, that's funny because she, she's um, – you've obviously been trained quite hard as a beekeeper because doesn't she eat bees? She doesn't eat bees. And actually, really? no, she doesn't eat bees. You told me you thought she was eating bees. She eats dead bees, yeah. Oh. <laughs> she's she's my queen recycling she sniffs, she system. Sniffs, sniffs around under the flowers. No, no, she, no you're quite – no, she has been eating dead bees. That is true. But that's why we had to move the bees out of my garden – because okay. she was very excited to see the bees coming and going. Um, of course, because she's, she's just, bees stung your gorgeous. family members as well. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. is gorgeous. She's absolutely... She's lovely. A little golden retriever. Yeah. Called, what did you call it? Honey. I had to, because the bees, because that's what paid for her. See, that is the tyranny yeah. of being a beekeeper, is that everything in your house suddenly becomes related to I bees. know, but I would just like to say I didn't name her. No, I know you didn't. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. She's beautiful. She's a proper golden retriever. She's got that yeah, she's, old man face. She's like she's like the perfect puppy, isn't she? She's lovely, yeah. She's the cutest, she's the cutest, most destructive little yeah. nightmare. that. She's going to be lovely until you eat, she eats your kitchen. No, it won't happen. And you've also been shopping for her, haven't you? You've been looking for a, a dog-shaped bee suit. <laughs> well... I just, I did think, I wonder if someone's invented a bee suit for dogs. My God, you can get every other have you seen the one piece for the of clothing. No, I said one for a donkey. After the show, I'll show you on the internet. There's, there's a guy, there's a picture of a guy who takes his, carries all his beekeeping gear on a on a donkey. And he's got the donkey in a in a beekeeping suit with a veil. Mm. I'll put it in the show notes. I better write that down, beekeeping donkey. 
But, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. But what, oh, what does the donkey do? Just all, like enjoy the experience. No, I think it's a beast of bird. It carry, oh, carries oh, all the kit. Oh, so it's basically, you've got a little bee van. Yeah. This guy's got a bee donkey. Oh. It's great. <laughs> it was uh, my last place I worked. You could set your own email picture, and that was my email picture. So you got an email from me, which is beekeeping donkey. God, I've never seen that. So I saw this beekeeping dog in in Australia. A guy has trained his dog. Can't remember the man's name. What, to carry a smoker? No, to to um, detect oh, European fell brews. Telling me that. Yeah, it's and he but he he made this amazing bee suit for this dog. Um, it it's re- it was. Do you know? I googled. I think I googled uh, beekeeping suits for dogs or something like that, as you do, and it came up and it was in the Daily Mail or something. Oh, it must be true this, then. Th- well, well, there was a photo, Paul. It's okay. got to be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm going to try to get Honey uh, a beekeeping. Dog suit. Hmm. Talking about beekeeping dogs. Beekeeping before, dogs. Before I have to go and answer the front door. That's right. That's why That's why the edit now will sound really weird. It will just stop. And then we'll be talking about beekeeping dogs. At seamlessly. Seamlessly. It's yeah. so professional. So I'm, I'm going to try to, to find out if I can get her a, a beekeeping suit. I'm sure someone will make you one. Yeah. Can why not? Get someone to knit it. Why not? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get donations or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe a friendly like a beekeeping <laughs> clothing company. Will yeah, we'll, we'll make your mutter support your local beekeeper. Yeah, we'll, we'll make your mutter bee seating suit. How would you yeah. get her in it? Oh, she's hot. I mean, obviously, she's so well behaved. Honey, no, she's terrible. <laughs> you know those harnesses you put on them to go walking? Oh, it's like everything's the biggest most exciting game in the world and given that she's about the size of this table and she's only 10 weeks old it makes for some interesting you'll be maneuvers right, you'll be riding this <laughs> soon you'll be like a little, little donkey she's so lovely <laughs> anyway so enough of your dog yeah I, I, even though she's very lovely she's gorgeous uh i forgot what you're talking about now oh, yeah, we're talking about winterization so what are you doing in your apron now apart from get closer to the mic Paul. This is a bit of a random episode. I can hear it coming. Um, so what are you doing? Right, we'll get there. We'll get there. Lucky number eight. How are you winter? Are you starting to winterize your hives now? Or are you- I am. Yeah. I am. Yes. Uh, although actually the thing that came up today, which was the biggest concern for me, is that I don't know if you saw this. Um, there has been a serious outbreak of European fowl brood. In Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Which is close. It's not far from us. I mean, Wimbledon, what, six, seven miles? Yeah. It's flyable. It is flyable. Overlapping flight paths, apparently, um, was the thing I I heard today. Um, So, I mean, obviously, I don't think I've had it come that close before. And I think they have, they've been treating some colonies and destroying others, so it must be quite bad. And it started... Apparently, I don't know if this is true, but this is what the email said. Um, someone had left some old brood combs in a polyhive and not sealed it, you know, intending to dispose of the combs, mm. hadn't sealed the hive. And of course, it's been robbed, which at this time of year is, you know, such a big risk. Um, so, yeah, I, I really, I thought of um, 
the people who did my course this year and last year and you know how sometimes people tell me that I'm too fastidious um, about destroying old combs straight away and I just you just can't be too fastidious and also you should never ever leave you know far be it from me to lecture anybody but you know I've seen it in um, allotment apiaries when I've looked at people's hives. Uh, there's, there'll always be a beekeeper who's got hives on that allotment who's decided to give up and they just leave them. And all the other bees are robbing and, and you know, there's always, I mean, well, wax moth is not a bad thing in a situation like that, but, um, you know, what else is in there? Anyway, that's my rant. I just I really, really... So what's the main me. transmission method for, is it robin, how it spreads between hives? Well, because it um, is present in honey, Think, well, things like AFB, obviously, can remain in honey. EFB can as well, I think. Is that right? Well, I'm pretty know. sure it can. You're the, you are, on the, around this table, the EFB, AFB expert. Police. <laughs> um Okay, so we're gonna have to spore, look that up well, before we'll put, I. We'll put. Um, it's EFB is a bacteria. So we'll put a. Okay, we'll put a link to the National Bee yeah. Unit's EFB guide, so you can actually. So honey can experts. be contaminated, but also contact with the comb, obviously, would do it. So basically, if you live in South London, you're sort of within ten miles of Wimbledon. I would uh, have a little inspection. And yeah, you, and absolutely. What, and what are you looking for, Tracy? Well, you are looking for pepper pot brood. You're looking for um, uncapped brood larvae that are twisted and lying in unnatural positions in the comb. They might look slightly melted. They might be kind of all twisted around. Um, sometimes you get scales, very loose scales um, in the cells. Uh, if you pull the larvae out, you can see their gut is very um, large, enlarged. Um, that's where the bacteria is living and feeding. And um, also, if you put the matchstick in, the, the larval remains will not rope like AFB will. Okay. Um, just soggy. But it does smell as well. I've, I've seen a comb with EFB on it. And yeah, it, so, it's so really, well, it does smell. Well, and the honey shows, they had a, a room with all the... Oh, did they? Oh, that, that would have been... I've never seen AFB. I don't think they would I don't think let AFB them no. let you see that. But um, Okay, yes. Yeah, I saw I did see that email today about... So the, the kind of reason I said that in terms of getting uh, ready for winter is that I went there today... Um, I started winter preparations, got back in my car and drove off and got the email. So I'm going to go back and do a full disease check um, and then carry on with my normal preparations, which are feeding. Mm -hmm. So all my colonies are pretty good, actually, in terms of stores. I've been feeding them for a few weeks. I united a couple today, a couple of nukes. Well, I mean, I, I hate uniting because... Um, I always feel like I'm going down in numbers of of colonies, but I just had two quite small ones, which wouldn't have made it. Yeah, well, I, th I think it's better to unite them now, so they so one big colony makes it through winter rather than two little ones. Yeah, L losing both of them. Yeah. yeah, I have to remind myself of that. 
So I've, so I've been doing that. Um, I didn't cull my queens, didn't get the opportunity to do it, as I said. Um, <laughs> wow, well, this is... This is going to be one of those days. <laughs> this is, yeah. Right, a second, second <laughs> so interruption. This has got to go into this groove. I know. This is the first time we've done a podcast in the evening, and that's why we're having doorbells ringing, lights turning themselves off. I know. It does feel like it's like late night podcast. It does. Doesn't it? Should we the X-rated one? Start swearing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so you're feeding. So what do you feed? Because I feed... Uh, but I feed fondant now because I just get fed up. Because especially nukes. So the nukes I use got those side. They've got built-in feeders and uh, the pains feeders. We have to go and interview the guy at pains because we talk pains for stuff so much. Um, yeah, I, yeah, we should. I, I love the the nukes. Mm. Um, but the feeders I stuff full of fondant because when I've put a liquid feed, I've got it with the, I find it with the top ones as well. mm I just get drowned bees. I get irritated by drowned mm. bees. So now I stuff them full of fondant and they eat the fondant. And I'm, I use in my nukes, I'm using fondant mixed with pollen. Just because mm. I, I want to carry on building up a bit. I think we're going to have a, it's a yeah. hot issue on record. So I think we're probably going to have a mild winter, hopefully. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing, but I kind of keep the pollen mm. going maybe a couple of weeks after the ivy. Mm. And a good thing with the, the built in feeders is, when I open them, I can move the because because they're made out of polystyrene, they're warm, and I can move the polystyrene plexiglass brood crown. What I'm trying to say, the plexiglass crown board over a bit. Yeah, I, I put a towel over it so it's dark, and I just stuff it full of more fondant. Yeah, put it all back so I can keep feeding them forever without really opening them up, which is quite yeah. Good. I give them I give mine fondant over winter. Yeah. I filled my fondant into winter as well. Cause obviously yeah. It's just easier. They just rip it off and stuff it in the comb, don't they? They don't even cap it. I don't... I've never fed them fondant. What... So they store it. How yeah. do they store it? Well, I think they store it because when you take the comb out, it's just stuffed full of white fondant. It's the whole block. Well, my bees do this. God, really? I've never, I've never You've seen that. You've never seen that? that. If no. you're you can see it all the time. <laughs> so these big blocks of white... I thought originally it was ivy comb but um it's not i know it's not because I, I kind of thought i put me my hive tool in it and just dig straight in it is not ivy it's, it's fondant they tend to seem to be picking up and stuffing it in the in the comb maybe it's because it, maybe it's because in a different different space and i think they've got to bring it i don't know but yeah see i th- i think those internal feeders work well for fondant mm. because yeah. it's very easy for them to just nip next door yeah because there's no um there's no barrier to the queen mm. the queen can go with them mm. so it's not like they're going to separate the only i guess the only risk would be is if uh they were on brood and they couldn't move yeah but i can't you get that again the isolation starvation but i think with the polystyrene highs because they're so warm um i've never i've never really Maybe one year when it got really cold, mm. they clustered, but normally they're kind of quite yeah, they are they're quite active. In I those. do think they're really good for overwintering mm. a, poly, a polyhive. And I think, you know, the problem we have here is damp rather than cold. Yeah. Um, I, I did notice actually on some of the polynukes, the one thing the polyhives get 
It's wet. Worse is the condensation on the crown board. And I was thinking about this today because it took it took me a couple of years to work it out. So because obviously if you read the old beekeeping books, I'm I don't mean old because obviously they're fantastic, like Ted Hooper's Guide to Bees and the Honey, but yeah, he talks about Oh, I love Ted Hooper. I know you do. He taught, I'm just attached to it because it was the first book I think I read <laughs> when I got my bees. And he talks about um top ventilation. So putting matchsticks. Match sticks, yeah. Now of course I did this I did that for a few years. Of course not realizing that he wasn't talking about hives with open mesh floors. <laughs> he was talking about solid floor hives. So I worked out I, I didn't need to do that and freeze the poor little things, um, although it didn't seem to hurt them at all. Um, but what I have worked out is to insulate the crown board, so top insulation. Mm. So I have um, – I also insulate my wooden hives with those squares of kind of foam yeah. that I use. But you, with the new – sorry. <laughs> do you think we baby these bees? I, I tell you why. They would make it through without me doing all of yeah, these things. Yeah, because I watched a, a video. Because you like Ted Hooper, I like Mike Palmer. He did a video mm. about And his point is, I mean, if you look at his pictures of his apries, uh, he puts top entrances in the winter on top of the hives. Yeah. Because it's so snow's so deep, they can't get out of the bottom. Mm. And he just puts them, he said, I put them in wooden hives. He said, they, 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 the cluster keeps them warm and he has proper Arctic winters. So... Mm. I don't, last year, I didn't even wrap mine in uh, chicken wire. Yeah. I took a risk. Although I will be wrapping it in chicken. Cause I, cause I, all you winter, would have woodpeckers up there, though. Win- I didn't, but all winter. Because apparently the woodpecker problem is they learn how to do it and then they tell their friends. So at the moment, yeah. there's no woodpeckers up there and know how to do it. I've never had a woodpecker I've seen one in my garden. touch wood. No, so I've seen them up at, up at the fields. But, um, but I don't insulate them either. But see, if I had lots of colonies... I wouldn't be running around doing this, but because I've only got... you got lots now. How many you got? About 20. Yeah. But that's that's not a lot. Like I wouldn't... I can't, have, I can't afford to lose any. And anyway, I would never want to lose a colony and let bees die anyway. No. But so for... I mean, actually, I think some of the bigger hives can maybe cope with a few drips of condensation, but nukes, I don't think, can. No, no, no. So I, I cut out cardboard just a piece of cardboard and, and work it on the crown board. Okay. so And that does it. it. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it's, it's easy, easy, but I do, I think you do have a point about spoiling the, not, not spoiling. What's, what was but the babying, babying them. them? Yeah. A little bit. Like your puppy, puppy in them. I, I, but I think, do you know, I think I'm a bit like that with my bees. I'm not. Well, I was, that was my, my first, uh, my first, I've said this story a couple of times so I'm being boring now, but that first year I fed mine to the point where, <laughs> The hive was literally a block of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> well, better men- that than letting my them My mentor starve. went, we've got nowhere to lay, Paul. They've just got so much food. <laughs> They're like this. They couldn't even you move. can't even lift it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, okay, so you're feeding them. You're doing... Feeding them. Done all my Varroa treatments. Yeah, I've done all mine. I still, I'm still trying to, I'm trying to work out how to treat nukes. So this year... Because I really couldn't get my head around it. I treat them with Apistan. Mm. Um, but I only ever treat AI with Apistan once. And if I do it, I only treat them with Apistan all at the same time. Mm. So I think I've, I've used Apistan 
I think about once every three years. Yeah. So like I'm Which really sparing with it because mm. it's. I'm probably getting the other one. I'm probably too cautious, but I just it's just it's so it's useful because it's it works in the cold. It works all the time. Mm-hmm. You can feed. You can feed. I, I only use it in nukes. I wouldn't put it in a big hive. Mm. I think I've had a problem in a big hive when I'm such a varroa load. I needed to use something like that. I would just do a shook swarm. Um, but in nukes, I don't trust max strips. Don't want to use epigard. Um, I could sublimate them, but frankly, that's a pain in the neck because you've got to do it four times every five days, mm. and it takes. Let's see how many nukes I got. Eight. So it take me about three hours. Mm. Just so I did apistan, but I'm kind of I've been looking at other ways of treating them. Because they're small, they're like half a nuke, they're like three frame nuke. Yeah. So max. So did you give them, them two strips? No, no, I read the instructions and it said for a six frame nuke you just need one strip. Oh God. Oh yeah. I um because I didn't mind today. Yeah. Are you doing two? Because of what you said actually. I don't think you no know deal. I wasn't gonna treat I wasn't gonna treat the nukes because I don't lose like using max. Even no. one strip of Max, I don't like. So I thought oh, I'll use Baverol. I had some Baverol. Okay. So I just did all the nukes with that, yeah. but I gave them two strips. It'd be all right. I don't think you can mm. OD them on it. It doesn't, mm. it doesn't act on them, does it? It acts on the mites. Yeah, that's Although, a re- I've marked all the frames as well, so I know they've got Apistan on. So, I'm, so um, when I melt them down, eventually I won't be using that wax in anything yeah, that's really good. Also, what you said about doing them all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I've never, I've never done that. I've, I've always used it as an emergency treatment, you know, ad hoc where needed. And then, of course, like I come to do my nukes today, mm. and I'm thinking, well, which of these bees <laughs> have had a pyrethroid yeah. varroicide? I mean, yeah, I, I know that I knew that one had, so I couldn't use it on them, but. Yeah. Well, so the mites travel, right? Yeah. So, so I don't want the resist. The, the good thing is if you don't treat often, that resistance hasn't got a competitive advantage. So it becomes a, a minor trait in the... Mm. But if you if you just leave, that's how they develop resistance. Well, people put the strips in the, the hives mm. and left them in there for months. Yeah. So the only the only mites that could live in there were the ones that resistant. So you just end up like a massively resistant population. Mm. Now, people, now people use it very sparingly. That resistance is kind of blocked out. Um, I have to say, though, God, I had massive mite drops this year after I treated the big colonies with mm-hmm. Max. Um, and, oh, like just un- unbelievable levels of mites. I've never, I've never seen it before. So I, I've just put the trays in again today just to do a final drop, final check. Do you think that's because we had a really mild winter? A um, really mild spring. I mean, spring stuck really early. Yeah. You know? We've had a long season, really. Yeah, probably. I mean, obviously, the longer the brood rearing mm. season, because you know the Varroa calculator on bee base. Yeah. One of the categories you have to fill in is length of brood rearing. Now, we must be, well, we must be the longest in the UK mm. here. Um, and I mean, the thing is, they don't stop now through winter. No. Because we're getting these mild, wet winters. And I really hope we don't get one this year because it's really bad for them. They just remain too active. They 
eat too many stools and then, you know, they're at high risk of starving in spring, the varroa is higher, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so oh, I think Mornizema as well, actually, when they're more active. Yeah. Um, that's, that's my non-scientific opinion, <laughs> um, having observed bee poo on the outside of a hive. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think we've had plenty of opportunity for varroa mites to thrive this year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the colonies, I mean, any colony that's that's roaring along and producing loads of brood is going to have high varroa. Um, and mine certainly have. Having said that, they seem to be really healthy colonies. I couldn't see any deformed wing virus anywhere, but there is obviously a massive load there anyway. I, I saw a varroa on a bee for the very first time. Did you? Year. What, yeah. it, in yours? On, on its back, and I thought... Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, it is, is a late night. This show. is the late night. <laughs> uh, on its back, and uh, yeah, I kind of thought to myself, never seen that before. And that, but that hive had just been—that's what I told him—it just been robbed completely. Oh, I looked at that video. You see that robbing video? Oh you? my god, that's a frenzy! It's I like for it. shark feeding frenzy. So I know the new. It's a, it's a new. There's a nuke in my hive, and mm. the. And I was standing there and it was like people, it was like someone was pushing the bees out of the nuke. They were just pouring. I'm thinking, are they swarming? And the, the, you, know, you had that swarming feeling of bees, mm. bit massive of bees in the air. Uh, and no, they were heading for this other hive. <laughs> so uh, I haven't killed that one off, but I'm not going to use it to raise any queens from. What I'm going to do next year is, is I have these, I'm going to use them for queen rearing. I'm not going to go into how I'm going to use but I'm going to use them for queen rearing. And I'm not going to mate from that nuke. I'm going to cull any drones that it produces. I just don't want to raise from that. I don't need that type of bee. I'm sure uh, if I put them next to someone else's hives, I'd get loads of honey. But I don't want that type of bee. So, yeah. So, but it was, yeah, that video is amazing. It's, it's standing. I put it on my Facebook page. Well, people can look really. Yeah. Um, there is a, a, lot a lot of activity lot. <laughs> at that hive. And that, that nuke. Mm. All those bees come. That nuke is about four frames. So that must have been every bee in that hive <laughs> just went over and decided to rob. But see, the, it is such an important thing to di- to be aware of because, I mean, when I had the terrible episode I had last year, it really frightened me because I, I lost two colonies. And so this year I have been so, so careful, you know, to feed them all at the same time not to, you know, not to go back and, you know, with supers of extracted frames in, in the middle of the day, not that that's what I was doing, but, you know, they, they, as soon as they sent honey, it's on. But what, I mean, what happened with mine was they all started robbing each other. Within five oh, okay. minutes, it just went berserk, like, like yours. Mental. But I mean, there, there are a lot of bees in the one that you... So they tried to rob... They robbed out the weak one. So that one, um, I've reduced it down. Um, basically, I'm going to go and look at it this weekend and see that it's either going to get united mm. or it's going to get into a smaller nuke. Yeah, I'm going to, if it's got brood in there, it'll, it'll survive. Mm. It's a two-year-old queen. But if it's got brood in there, it'll be fine. I'll pull it into a smaller nuke, stuff some fondant in there, and I'll probably bring it to my garden mm. just so it's away from all yeah. the other bees. Um, and you can... You can baby it. I can baby it. <laughs> but they tried to rob the strongest hive. I mean, they're not the smartest animals in the world. So they tried to rob the strongest hive. 
and uh, that hive just wasn't having it. <laughs> just, <laughs> I love it when a hive fights back. A colony that's that fights swarm. back. Yeah, I'm raising from that queen. She's amazing. Mm. She's really prolific, and she's quite. They're not very defensive, but I, I just I just saw these bees trying to get in, and they they were not not having it. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good trait. Yeah, I could I'll, do with some bees like that actually. I, I, well, all right, okay. Next, for, next April, we'll, for, do, we'll try yeah, again. Um, what, what else are you doing then? So you doing? You've done all your disease checks. Done your varroa. You're feeding. I'm about. To, I'll do another disease check. Well, you will done know, my yeah. varroa. Fed them. They've all got good stores. I've been hefting. I've done my first. Oh, do you know it's really good? I love hefting. I'm so bitter that you're I'm going to t-shirt. I heart hefting. Um, it's it I'm just where you wear that. <laughs> The late night podcast. <laughs> um, yes. So no, it, so it's a great, great way. I mean, for me, of just telling how, you know, some of them seem heavy and then you'll go to the one next door and it's like, oh, actually that's not really that heavy at all. I've got to, you know, feed that up a bit more. But um, so I've been hefting. I mean, obviously stuff like mouse guards and. I've not done that yet strapping oh god that's what else i didn't tell you i got up there today and you know that big big tree you know when you stand and look at look towards the hives there's that massive big tree on the left well in that storm we had the other night it's fallen over i would say half the top is gone and is kind of like on the the path that i drive down so that means it's missed my hives by i don't know 10 meters I mean, I know, you're just upset was, there was no vegan standing there moaning about your beekeeping. I know, god damn it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good one. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, strapping, that's, it was, you know, things like wood, wood uh, woodpecker netting, mouse guards, strapping. I leave that till kind of November, really. Yeah, I leave, I, the mouse mm. guards, I leave until it's actually cold. <laughs> yeah. Because they just knock so much. Thing. And the thing I'm not going to do this year is I reduce the end. I haven't reduced any of my entrances. Kind of, I kind of don't think I need it at the moment. Um, but I'm not going to reduce the entrances for overwintering. I'm just going to put a full-size mouse guard on. Because last year, yeah. what I found was that the bees, they couldn't get the dead bees out and they, they were piled up against the, yeah. the guard, which meant none of the bees could get out. So you just it's just... And that's because of the entrance reducer. So I'm not going to bother with entrance reducer. I'm just going to put a mouse guard mm. all the way along. Because while I may not occasionally put woodpecker netting on there, I just know for a fact be- mice move into hives because I've seen them in so many hives that I just know they move in. So. Have you ever had one? Yes. And you open um, the and you open the hive and you look down. And there's the bee. There's scenes of bees, and then there's a scene without bees. And there's a little face looking up at you like that. <laughs> Oh and you God! Think, I'd freak you think, out. You little bugger! Oh. And um, and then you kind of look along and you see where they've eaten the comb out and made that little straw ball they live in. Oh, it's horrible! You little buggers. Because sometimes the bees kill, kill them. them. Yeah, and encase them in propolis. I've yeah, heard. Of, I've heard of one sometimes occasion eat, that that sometimes happened. they eat the bees though. God, so just... and also one of them. Uh, worked his way up the hive, and when he got to the queen excluder, so I had a queen excluder crown board. Got to the queen excluder, decided he wanted to get out, but he didn't go back down. It chewed through the side of the hive, 
including the rim of the queen it's i've got it up the end of my car you want to see it so it went, <laughs> so if you look on the side of look if you put the queen excluder on the box there's a little oval shaped hole that goes into the queen excluder so he's destroyed the queen excluder and the box little bugger yeah no you've got to no got to keep those mice they're the, they're the wasp <laughs> of the rodent world oh god <laughs> no one likes them it's quite philosophical yeah so I, i'm not very good at hefting i don't heart a hefting every time i try it I think, oh come on paul big strong maybe, maybe it's guy so, like you maybe it's gone so powerful that they, they just don't wear anything i don't know i've never i've hefty i don't know i don't know i've never got it i've never been able to go Oh yeah, that's got enough stores. I'm so, it's a bit light. You've just got to do it. I know. I try. It's the only way. Practice. I mean, you just you just do it. And I mean, it's. I'm, no. I'm not suggesting that I'm not going to check inside my colonies and see how much they actually do have. But I mean, just in terms of, do I need to feed this one anymore? Well, if fond- I can't lift it up easily, I, I just do the fondant check. <laughs> I put a bag of fondant on the ground board. They always find it. And I look in there, and you see that you see the hole getting bigger and bigger. And if you yeah. two, once it, just once it empty, I'll put another one on. Yeah, that's my check. <laughs> it served me well that method. Yeah, you know, I know, um, absolutely. But I won't like before I finally close them up. I will look inside and check they've got enough. I mean, I'm going to give them fondant anyway because I do baby my bees. Yeah, I'm so baby them. I'm going to baby them. I love them. So, what straps do you use then? Do you use the proper big luggage ratchet straps. No. I've got a big bag. I'm I'm a girl, Paul. I don't do ratchets. Why not? I can just hear the shocked intake of breath by some women if I say that. Um, Just because no one's ever given me any. You've lost your sister's badge. (laughs) Vegans, feminists, (laughs) gone. Um, Every... Hang on, you're a proper feminist. You can't get, you can't get out of that I, one. Anyway. Well, well, not, well, yes, of course. Let's avoid that topic. Let's let's just go, yeah, yeah. move away from that. Um, So... When I've bought colonies, like, okay, my, my best straps came with my polyhives. Okay. And they're really good hive straps, but they're not ratchets. I love ratchet straps. So I've, I've, I've got some of... <laughs> of course oh, you do. I do. I love them. Because I'll tell you what I've got is uh, because I'm just... My only fear in the winter is they get blown off. Blown off. Yeah. So what I do, if I've got a little, I got them in my hive stands and I've got little, little um, bits of wood I got off. My, my when my son's bed needed replaced, I took all the. Comment. Oh, like the, the slats. The slats. Things. That's the yeah. word I was searching for, and what I did is I put oh, the slat. Useful. So imagine the, the 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 rails of the two hives. I put the slat, diet horizontally across it, mm-hmm. and I put the ratchet over the hive and round the slat, so the the hives is strapped to the stand. Oh yeah. And I ratchet that yeah. sucker up. And that mm. way it doesn't matter how windy it gets. Because it was quite windy this week. It was very windy. We had a bit yeah, we had the storm that blew half the tree down. Yeah. So it wasn't as windy as some of my colleagues who live in Florida. They had proper wind. People did ask if it was anything to do with the hurricane, apparently. No, I don't think and it was. BBC had to reassure people it wasn't. No. Mm. Although when you looked on the uh, the radar map, mm. um, that tail went of that hurricane went all the way up the sort of American coast up into Canada. It's amazing. I mean, there's three billion tons mm. of water. In there. It's just incredible. It's a terrible, terrible thing. So um, you, you don't use uh, ratchet straps. They use the, no. just the, the little pull-through ones. So what clip. would you say the benefits of ratchets? They're strong. Uh, you can get them, they're stronger. They're super strong. Yeah. So 
Um, I use those. I, I, so I've got the Polynute ones as well. The mm. ones they've just got like a little spring-loaded clip on it. So what they're good at is keeping the lid on. Mm. What? Um, but if that that polyhive fell over, I don't think the clip's got the strength to keep it together. With a ratchet, you could you could throw it and it'd still <laughs> stay in one box. So mm. um, I I ratchet them just because wooden hives aren't a problem because the lids are so heavy. You'd have to have, you know, real mm. wind to blow them over. But uh, the poly nukes weigh nothing, even when they've got stores and they're kind of not very robust. So I, I ratchet and I'm going to ratchet these slats in so that the poly nukes essentially attach to the stand as well. That's a good idea. I mean, maybe I should, maybe yours, I should get some of those really, really big ones. Yeah, mine are, though, on the edge of that field, so... Um, it's quite quite sheltered, but they still it is get sheltered where yours but, are. But yours are really sheltered. They're in their own little they cone. They are quite aren't sheltered, they? yeah. But um, I mean, we've had some bad storms in recent years. Last year we had a. I mean, last year I'd, I'd stack at. I'm pointing, but but I don't know why. At the end of my garden, I stack up all my boxes in the winter, uh, and my poor neighbour had all the boxes in his garden God, because really? it was blown over the fence. Yeah. I I do remember a couple of ones. It's funny because he found one. He, he, he's doing some building work. And he found <laughs> about a couple of months ago. He found one in a bush. It's been, <laughs> must have been there about a year. He went, oh, I found another one of your beehives. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> it was just a polynuke. <laughs> <laughs> That's so you, like random polynukes scattered around. I bought four more last week. <laughs> yeah. God. They're on sale. How like, get in there. Be able to put yourself up in business selling them. I'm making a fault oh, out of them. That's all the of garden. those all of those nukes we're going to sell next year yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh no come on paul no no we will, we will. uh yeah so straps i that's what i do i get a ratchet mm. strap i get a piece of wood i put that wood between the rails of the hive stand because I, I my high stand is uh two concrete blocks two fence posts i stole that idea off you these standard bees on top of these so that i can get a three hives on that stand for the same price that you buy a one hive stand from the various beach yeah. suppliers two fence posts two concrete blocks uh yeah so i put the, the strap across the between the, the the rails ratchet around the strap around the hive around the stick holds the whole thing on the mm. so you'd have to really go if it, i mean if it blew over after there good luck to it, it deserves it but also you know you know that you know when you're lying in bed on those windy stormy nights you know, you know that even if it does you know topple at least the boxes will stay together yeah so i mean i, I as you know i've i've dropped a hive or had hives yeah. topple and that and they're actually fine yeah. um but it's when apparently it's when all the boxes come apart um that it's more difficult and rain we, gets in and everything well, we had a couple of years ago didn't we, we had um in our training apron for our association someone broke in and decided to kick over all the hives until they got to the angriest hive and they kicked that one over and it didn't like it so they stopped but they, they were all on their side for a week and they, they most of those survived one or two died yeah so i think they're all right but i mean i we had, we had a sort of it was quite windy uh, this week and i went up yesterday and just checked that are okay because i haven't strapped them up but i'll be strapping up at the weekend mm. um and then i've got to collect all the kit and then it's a lovely cleaning the cleaning begins again. Cleaning and making frames. I haven't. Even, I haven't even kind of you know finished the first round of cleaning. I've still got 
well, when I say that, of pretty, I've of prettying all, all up, you know, the purple painting I had to do. I had to paint all my yeah, lives purple. That looked really good. Yeah, it does look good, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, not not all of it's completely painted. But anyway, it's it is funny, you know, kind of being up there today, and you know, they're all very heavy with stores, and you know, you kind of thinking about oh, I've got to get out the mouse guards and and everything, and you think, well, that that's it. It's, it's a bit sad, isn't it? It. It feels like I should have a little whiskey and <laughs> and sing to them. <laughs> <laughs> what would you sing to them? Nothing. I'm not saying now because what, what you'll Rick, just laugh at me. Some more. Oh, you've actually got a song in mind. <laughs> okay, I need to know what the song is now. What would you sing to them? No, I. Is it a Rick Astley melody? It might be Rick Astley, actually. Never going to give you up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We might put a bit of that at the end of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> We've been strangers. Something, something. Yeah. I do I do you feel the like the bees and I are... Of course I do. It's Rick Astley. That's super fun. I love Rick, Rick Astley. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think I'm pretty much... <laughs> stop dancing, Paul. Um, I think I'm pretty much done in terms of winter preparations. And so now, therefore, my thoughts turn to the honey show. Ooh. I'm going to enter some things this year. What are you going to enter? I'm going to enter honey. Honey, honey, honey. Well, the dog. Not the dog. <laughs> I know it's already causing problems in our house. It's a big jar. Um, yeah, it's massive. <laughs> um, so I'm going to enter some honey and some beeswax. I love doing beeswax. No, you're the big beeswax fan, aren't you? You even yeah. collect rainwater, don't you? For the yeah. yeah. So why do you collect rainwater? And we should do a bit on beeswax. Go on, tell me how you render your wax because... Whenever I wind it, wind it, it comes out beige. So you tell me it's, how you It's because it. our, our water that comes out of our tap is incredibly um, alkaline, right. is the word. And, you know, really high in, uh, oh, it's sorry, this late, this late night jive is getting to me. <laughs> My brain's not it's working. hard water, it's got lots of calcium. Hard water, that's it. Thank you. Yeah, calcium. Um, it's because we live on a chalk flat. Yes, yeah. And, oh, God, loads of chlorine and God knows what as well. But um, when you combine that with beeswax, it reacts. Okay. Um, so to get a nice render, so what I do is I put everything that's not cappings, so frames and bits of brace comb and everything goes into the wax extractor. Mm -hmm. um, but cappings I'll talk about cappings because that's what I use to show. And your, yours, your wax is award-winning, isn't it? You've actually won it prizes. It is. Yeah. I have won prizes for these, which is the most you there. You've won bizarre thing. At one of the world's largest honey shows. Oh, thanks, Paul. That makes you, me you feel good. You are a wax-melting goddess. I, it's, I, don't, I, I never thought it would ever be anything I'd get into, but it's a gorgeous product. It's, and if you think about the amount of honey that goes into producing that weight, you know, that is worth yeah. its what you know. It's so I keep foundation valuable. I've got no honey. I know exactly how much honey. It you takes. know exactly <laughs> how much wax is worth. Um, so I just get the cappings. I have um, a double boiler, which is a big pan of water with a little pan sitting inside it, and I melt the cappings in that, um, and I I filter them and pour them into the mould. I can't give up all my secrets. So that, but that's the cappings. But if I'm taking um, <laughs> competitive, I'm my secrets that I stole why. from a fantastic film on YouTube. Um, oh, there's a clue. Yeah. Yeah. Very so, good film. Um, 
the the wax that I take from the wax extractor that has to be rendered further. So this is when you have to use the rainwater. You get your your pot, you fill it with rainwater, right, with a squeeze of lemon in it. Oh, the secrets are coming out. And pack the wax in, and and that's when it melts. And uh, if you let it cool for twenty four hours, it, you get this disc of wax yeah. on the top. But that's how I would do wax for trade. So, like, this year I didn't buy any foundation. I just traded wax for everything. And it has to be rendered to, you know, that nice kind of clean state. Really? But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's fun. It's fun, and I'm looking forward to the honey show. And um, the National Honey Show here in the UK has got some fantastic speakers this year. I think it's a, yeah, a really going. great lineup. So we're going. So we're going to go. So if you're coming to the National Honey Show, let us know. Yeah. We might, you know, we'll see if we can get some bag. We might get a badge done that we wear with a B on it or something. I don't know. We think about well, t-shirts. I'll, I'll right? be wearing my I Heart Hefting t-shirt. We should get two I Heart <laughs> Hefting t-shirts. But obviously, when we leave the Honey Show, we'll put a coat on or something because I want to think of some sort of protest. We're <laughs> <laughs> in a cult or something. Yeah, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good at the Honey Show. <laughs> There's some really good speakers. So uh, mm. Thomas Seeley's going. So he's going. Um, God, I can't wait. Yeah, you're a big Seeley fan. Yeah. Um, there's some drone drone guy going. Roger Patterson's talking. I like, yeah. love Roger Patterson. He's really um, proper, practical, mm-hmm. pragmatic, rather funny guy. I like him. Mm. Um, yeah, I used to go to the Spring Convention, but um, I made a mistake. Is that, that's held at um, Agricultural College? Yeah, it's in Stonely in Shropshire. Yeah. Have you been to this one before, the National no, Honey Show? My oh, it's my first ever. National it's great. Honey You'll love it. You I've will love it. I've got my tickets. Ready to go. Kay should come, actually. She come? Because all of the crafts and, I mean, fantastic photography. Yeah. Yeah, but then we won't get out because it'll be like Instagram feeding frenzy. She's the Instagram. She's too queen. good. Yeah, she's, good <laughs> she's too good. Yeah. She's too good for the likes of us. That's that's <laughs> for sure. Um, so um, I'm really looking forward to that. And the only thing about those lectures I realise is, of course, you can't book them. No, no, we're gonna have to queue up. So you have to, you, we're gonna have to get there for Thomas Seeley, who's doing he's doing three lectures on three different subjects. I think one is about communication. Let's um, get there early. One is, yeah. It'd be like queuing up, like when you were, you know, when you were Rick Astley fan, queuing up to get the tickets. <laughs> I think the line is, we're no strangers to love, but that would be appropriate with the bees, wouldn't it? Because I do love them. Well, you love them as long as they're making honey. Yeah. So we're laughing here because uh, <laughs> in my house, we've got sensors that turn the lights on. So we're sitting in a room and every couple, every sort of 15 minutes, it goes dark. So we're sitting here in the dark, waving our arms around like lunatics. And talking to... about Rick Astley yeah. <laughs> at the same time. I'm singing you side of Paul. That, yeah. Just missing a lighter <laughs> in the dark. Um, Actually, the, the late night podcasts are more interesting because more goes wrong. Yeah, lots of lots has gone wrong. The weekend after this podcast is easy, isn't it? Is the sun's out? Got a cup of coffee. Yeah. We should have had that prosecco. I'm going to have that later. That would have made everything flow a bit better. But so, I mean, that's that's kind of me at the moment, and um, I I do think 
that you know is kind of the practical year draws to a close it's good to kind of enrich yourself with all of that go out meet other beekeepers talk about what the year's been like learn read yeah etc actually that's true one of the um so when i first started beekeeping being a bit of a miserable sod um i never went to any of the winter meetings so all associations so um beekeeping associations in the uk are classed as charities and a class of charities based on their educational work so they educate people about beekeepers so in the winter to maintain their charitable status they put on speaking events so you go to your association winter meeting and they'll talk about and I've been loads been to honey t- talking about how you show honey, how you sell it. Um, had a whole two hour conversation on B space once, which was much more interesting. Than it sounds, um, we had, uh, I mean, some of them really directly influenced how I keep B. So Liz Nee, mm. I love Liz. Um, she's, she's the one who convinced me to do foundationally speaking. <laughs> so my wife wants to chat with her about the lack of honey. Um, which I'm sure is my fault. Uh, so yeah, so the, the winter bee meetings are really good, really, really uh, worthwhile. So if you're in the UK, actually if you're anywhere and your association runs meetings and you've never been to one because you just you know, don't really want to go, go. Just make the yeah, just turn up. You'll really enjoy them. I, I do. The only ones I don't go to ones are ones that like candle making. Yeah. Because I've got no interest in candle making. So things no, like neither have I. I've tried it, but it's not really... Yeah, I saw the aftermath of your candle making. Did you? Yeah, the wasteland that was your was your dining room. Oh God, that is my dining room still. <laughs> so called dining room. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think all of those winter talk talks are good, and um, you know, as well as learning, it is just about you know socialize. I mean, I think it's the social aspect of beekeeping is often overlooked. It's great. It's like living in the fifties. Wherever you go, there's men with beers, sandals, <laughs> so true, tea and cake. <laughs> In a shed. It's like living in the 50s. I think sometimes people feel a little frightened by that. But I think when you start to talk to beekeepers, I mean, my experience of my fellow beekeepers is that they're so helpful. They want to support you. You know, you can ring anyone and say, can I borrow the steam heated wax extractor? And you've got it, you know, within an hour kind of thing. By the way, don't ever use one of those. That was that was a big mistake. Um, strip the paint off the ceiling. Um, so it did. <laughs> read about it in my blog. Um, you know, so people who genuinely love the craft and, you know, want to encourage and help other people. So, yeah, it's it's a unique world, beekeeping. Yeah. You get out of it what you put into it with the, the social side. Yeah, as a, as a hobby. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So this year I'm going to probably do my module one if I pass my basic. Although, uh, real apologies to the BBK office. They'll be getting my begging letter in a couple of days. Because <laughs> I should have paid for my exam about four months ago. I think you should apologise to me as well. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, because you were moaning that <laughs> I haven't got my I'm, <laughs> I've been waiting to find out what your result is. So if I pass that, I'm going to do mm. module one. Yeah. So, so I'm going to over the winter. Which is... Yeah, I've got a lot of trips up. I'm going to, for work, I'm going to um, Denver, St. Louis, Atlanta. So I'm going to spend a lot of time on a plane. So I'm going to use that time to do revision. So, and module one is... I don't know. I haven't looked at it It's... Um, I'm just doing it because it's the first one. Honeybee management oh, cool. and husbandry or something like that. So it's kind of 
uh, everything that you do. So how do you do the exam? In then? the basic. So we're going to get we're going to get Kirsty in to talk about all the exams. But how do you yes. do the exam? So you could, do you have to go to a special centre. Yes. So you go to um, like a designated exam. Like it's really. It's like, have you ever done music exams or anything like that? Do I look like I've done music exams? Well, you, you might have. No. You're... I've been, I've got my grade six in the spoons. <laughs> well, that's a music example. <laughs> Traditional cockney instrument. Nothing wrong with the spoons. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't know what you're thinking. You've never seen anyone play the spoons? Of course, I've seen someone gonna, play the spoons. I can I bet, play the spoons. I bet a lot of people have, and I'm going to put a link to spoon playing in in the notes. <laughs> well, this is now going turning into an art, <laughs> art and music podcast. Yeah, it's the Roll Doll podcast. Right, go and carry on. So you go, you go to a a venue, like a library or something. So it's Epsom what for college? us. No, no. Um, unfortunately, it's oh, their shed. Yes. Okay. Cool. And everyone who's taking the exam meets there and you all take the exam together. And, you know, it's like the old fashioned paper and pen. Um, And you're allowed to take in a pencil and erase for diagrams and all this kind of stuff. And you have an invigilator who watches you. And yeah, it's it's like being 16 again. It's really it's really funny. But I have to say that they are really, really useful. I know I've said I've gone on about this before, but the modules really, um, you know, you kind of, you inevitably uncover some real, I would say, nuggets of information that you, some pieces that help you put everything else together. So I do on the basic. When I do the basic, Mm. I know it's colourful. Why are you doing the basic? You've done beekeeping for quite a long time. It's like, yeah, well, why not? There are things in the basic. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) It sounds really dumb, but on the practical... Uh, the instructor, he said to me, uh, so why is there a little hole in that capping? And I, I just couldn't, I was looking, I think, I don't know. And then it dawned on me, it's because they were they were actually capping it mm. and they hadn't finished. And I'd never thought about it. I'd never even considered it. Went, oh, yeah, that makes sense now. Just, and he could see me learning on them. Like, oh, okay, so I, I... Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so I'm going to do module that's one. That's a really good... Uh, education scenario when you when you're in an exam like that a practical and you're actually learning from the examiner that i think makes it much more enjoyable yeah i think he was relieved to see some sort of success because it was peeing down with rain at the time yeah that was terrible weather that day so yeah i'm gonna do module one and uh my big chore i think according to the end of october i'm gonna get my blowtorch out and uh i've got a blowtorch so i'm gonna uh, scorch all my boxes and melt all the wax off and clean mm. green excluders and just get that kit ready. Get it already. Because I think that's the, uh, it's two cardinal sins, I think, in beekeeping. It's one, not having enough equipment. Uh, and two, getting to April and not having everything made. Because there's nothing you worse. Start on the back foot. Yeah. They all start to swarm. Yeah. It's nothing, bad. It's not fun. You're making frames in the middle of the night. So I, I, <laughs> I go up in my little shed I make sure that all the boxes have all got frames in them to buy about. You are super organised. I'm not just Your bored. shed, your work shed. Yeah. The way you've got everything stored and it's all in clear stuff you see, you can see what it is and yeah. all your smoker stuff like gorgeously organised, pre-rolled. It's it's too much. It's too much for me. You've got to be organised. 
Yeah. I go up there at night, listen to um, a book on Audible or something, and uh, I make all my frames up. Got loads of frames to make this year. So all the so I think this is really the time to start thinking what am I going to do next year? So I know, kind of know what I'm going to do actually, what sort of equipment I, I need. I don't know if you think I need any extra equipment this year, so I'm good. Mm. But I need, I need some more frames. I need to have certain things cleaned and ready. So this is a time of year where I kind of think about it. Um, and the good thing about having a little workshop, you go up there, turn the light on, just stand up there banging frames. For yeah, it's hours. brilliant. So yeah, I don't think that's the... <clears throat> so really, you want to get to sort of March... And be comfortable, go, right, I've got everything I need, I know what I'm gonna be doing, ready to go. And obviously when we get to March we'll talk about that. But yeah, I'm 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 looking forward. I'm looking forward to the honey show, looking forward to doing module one, looking forward to um some of the winter talks I've seen advertised already, look really good. So yeah, I'm kind of although it's sad the season's over and I can't go and play my bees as much. Well I can, I can go and sit and watch them, but um I kind of I, when I first started beekeeping, this wasn't this part of the season. It was like okay, I'll you know I'll watch TV or do something else. But now it's it's kind of time to I don't re- rediscover it if you like. Yeah, rediscover beekeeping and because you get so in in the heat of the it's it's true actually when when you're busy doing it. Yeah, you're not really thinking about it. You kind of think, oh god, I'm going and to, you need to regroup. Spare. I think yeah. and. Because there's things I was going to do at the beginning Downtime. of the year that mm. I didn't do. So, for example, um, I was really adamant I was going to do alcohol wash rower checks because I was concerned yeah. rower level. didn't do it. So, there's th- so really, I want to sit down it and just think. just goes so fast when yeah, you're in it. because you get caught up. In it. So, it wasn't a time thing because I had time to do it. So, I need to work out, okay, well, is there a way I'm managing my hives how I do inspections, whatever that I that I can fit that in, and mm. not to be outside my management. So it's all that process, just really reflecting on what went well, what went good. I, I in my professional life, that's what I do. I say, if something works, works. I'm great. I'm happy. If something didn't work, I'm like, okay, why didn't it work? Was mm. it? Was it? Because normally it's something you've done. It's not something anyone else. It's something you could have done better. So I, I kind of use it just to re- rediscover beekeeping really and talk to other beekeepers mm. and as we pick up these little i'm trying next year i'm trying not to play <laughs> i have a terrible habit of playing with bees so i did so next year <laughs> i'm going to try not to play with them and just have a year where i manage them that's my objective yeah so that's really it's good though because you do try a lot of new things you know that i wouldn't try because you're you're kind of a bit you, you see them slightly differently you know i what i feel like i do is just i just do the same thing every year and the thing i focus on the most is how much honey yeah. can i get um yeah, I don't care. and i'd like to no, that's no. why queen rearing was good for me this yeah. year whereas you're much more like well i'm going to try foundationless comb and i'm i'm going to try you know this, all these different methods of queen rearing and everything so i think I I actually have become aware this year that I have to keep learning. If I keep going like this, I'm not learning anything new. I'm just just cut routine. Yeah, yeah. So it's I think we're, it's good we're in the opposite ends of the spectrum there. Though we need to be in the middle to come. So I, I'm I like to play with them a lot. Mm-hmm. Probably too much. Different box layouts. Anything I don't do is keep changing the hives because I don't. Although I would like a top bar hive at some point. I just. Just, 
I kind of look at them, think they're cool, and then I decided not. <laughs> so I don't really change hive types, but I do change how I manage them. Mm. So I mean, this year I had foundationalist, no queen excluders, all the way up into the supers, um, which is okay. I think there's a few downsides to that. But. So the upside is you've got unlimited brood. So the downside is they put brood in the... Um, Honey. Yeah, the super, super mm. frames. And the, the scent of the brood attracts wax moths into the super frames. So it's harder to overwinter super frames. So I bought that. I can't remember what it's called. The stuff you spray on the Sertan. Sertan. Mm. I've got that. So I'm going to treat with Sertan this year. Mm. Um, yeah, so I kind of... Next year, I just want to not play with them. I'm still going to do foundationless because I love foundationless. Um, there's things I learned this year about it. So, for example... Um, I think drogue culling is quite important with it. You end up with so many drones. And, mm. I, and I think they contribute to Varroa. So next year I'm going to not cull all of them because I actually like that there's lots of drones, but I'm going to cull some of them. I'm going to take some drone frames out and replace the frames. Because mm. otherwise, I mean, I, I, out of 11 frame box, three frames were brood, <laughs> were, were drones. Mm. I just look at the Varroa load in there and just shudder. So maybe taking out one of every three frames would be prudent mm. saves me on no <laughs> empirical evidence yeah so that's kind of our year really in terms of what we're doing for winter so we're feeding treating uh securing them uh and there's a few things we haven't started yet so we haven't put the mouse guards on we haven't put uh chicken wire around them to stop the woodpeckers eating all the bees um yeah i have learned one thing what's that today a light dawned it's going to make you laugh. Um, I hope so. I've worked out why I might want supers for my polynukes. Why? Because Ivy. when when I'm overwintering them, yeah. of course I'm feeding them and they're putting it all in the brood nest. So right. she's got much less space. So obviously if I had if I had a super on them, they could put it all up there where they naturally want to, put it above their heads where okay. they can better access it over winter. And still have that brood space. Yeah. To well, you could put that in your old, your old grotty super frames that you were going to build down. Yeah. You could just put that in there, then when they empty it, melt it down in the next season. Yeah. Um, so maybe, maybe, just maybe, I might actually end up getting supers for some supers for my nukes, which I massively poo pooed and laughed at. <laughs> it's because I didn't understand why. So, yeah, I mean, that's um I just thought I'd share that because I know on this blog I have podcast rather I have said before that I couldn't understand why anyone would ever buy them. <laughs> and now I wish I had some. <laughs> yes. Okay. So over over winter, so this is a slightly different topic. So over winter we're gonna try uh what we're gonna call the beekeeping book club. So Yay. for for those who aren't familiar what a book club is, because they may just be I'm sure it's not a British thing. Um so my wife does a book club, for example. So you're not, you, it's a group of people, you nominate a book, you read it, and then you meet together normally with lots of alcohol and talk about the book. So we're going to do that. We're going to use a hashtag, Beekeeping Book Club. Um, the book we're going to read between now and the next podcast, so you'll know how fast readers we are by the length of the gap, uh, is The Honeybee Democracy by Thomas Seeley. Wonderful. Which is a great book. Yeah. Uh, it's a great non-beekeeping book about bees. So we're going to read that. 
we'll have a chat about it. We'll write a review, put the review on the, on the blog, we'll price him some links so you can go and if you want to buy it, you can buy it off Amazon or whatever. Um, and if, you, if you've read it and you've got thoughts about it, you can comment on the blog um, or you can just talk to us on, on Twitter about it. So we're going to do that. So Thomas Seeley, so if you've read uh, The Honeybee Democracy, I'm sure a lot of you have. Really be interested in your thoughts about it. I've read it. We're going to reread it. Mm. I thought it's great. Um, yeah, so we're going to try that. Beekeeping book club. Um, and I think it's about it, really, isn't it? Yes. Yes, that's it. The end of the year. End of the season. End of the season, yeah. Not so the end I, of the year just yet. Probably worth pointing out. We are going to do other podcasts. We're not stopping. <laughs> so Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I just mean the end of playing with bees. End of playing with bees. For so this year. We're going yeah. to, uh, so the, our, our goal at the moment, we just need to secure some people to do this. There are people we know that we like uh, talking about bees with. So we're going to invite them in because we, we like our third sort of everybody in the same room approach. Uh, and we're going to have a couple of guests mm-hmm. in the room with us that uh, we keep bees with and we know and they're very interesting uh, and, and we may be doing a few uh, interviews with some people as well yeah watch this space watch this space um so thank you very much for listening to us as always um our website is thebeehivejive.com um and this episode this podcast can be found at thebeehivejive.com slash eight for episode eight. Um, obviously, follow us on Twitter at thebeehivejive. Um, and you can also email us thebeehivejive at gmail.com. Thanks very much, everyone. See you next time. Cheerio. Bye. Bye. really muck that up so I'm going to start again <laughs> it's not amazing at all it's of course to be totally That'd expected be right, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh you rubbish <laughs> shut up mum right okay <laughs> let's try again